this week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Ooh, 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 ooh. You're comparing this to what in Gilmore? And welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls. Which is a show that I love, but I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. This week we watch Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 19, Teach Me Tonight. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 19, I Only Have Eyes for You. I feel like both episodes are pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. Some big reveals at the end of these episodes. Hey, Brian, we got a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Nice. Thank you to M.E. Mary E. for the kind words and the five-star review. Yeah, thanks a lot. And thank you fans in general for listening to our podcast. We didn't really know if people would listen. It's a very niche thing we're doing. Yeah. And I think we've been getting a little more popular lately, Brian. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of phone calls now. Oh, um, those I don't get. Yeah, I get a lot of them. I don't tell you about them. I have them. I just kind of leave the bedroom and I, you know when I'm like, hey, I'm just getting some water and I'm gone for a while. They call you in the middle of the night? Yeah, they call me constantly, huh? I don't post our phone numbers. I do. Um, I, On Craigslist, I put I put our phone numbers. Well, no one's calling you? I've been putting your number out for a while. Are you promoting the podcast or no, just your phone just, number? <laughs> I've just been putting our numbers out. Uh, no, no one has called I me. I figured that would get us followers. People call, they're like, what's this about? And what? I explain the situation. What section of Craigslist? Free. <laughs> so leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. I feel like it promotes us and um, it lets us know that you guys are enjoying it. Yeah, for sure. We like it. And I think maybe the Apple Podcast algorithm likes it. Yeah. In fact, the review that we got, they mentioned that they love Gilmore Girls and now they want to watch Buffy. So if you know someone that likes just one of the shows, maybe they'd like both. My point is thank you and spread the word and thank you. And spread the word. But also, we just like love hearing from you guys. Don't be afraid to reach out on social media. It's yeah. fun to like interact with real people and know that we're not just saying this to ourselves. Yeah, be careful about spoilers, though, guys. Yes. Truly, neither of us know anything about the other show. I have thoughts. It, Brian has thoughts. I'm pretty sure I know how both shows are going to end. End? One show for sure. <laughs> I mean, I see pictures, so I, I feel like I know things happen. You see pictures like Drusilla or like you see pictures like on I the internet? I see pictures in my eyes. The wind is upset. No, I see pictures of things when I'm roaming around on the internet, so I feel like I know there'll be moments, but, you know, things can be dreams and hallucinations in the show, so I just pretend that well, everything stop, I see is a hallucination. Stop going to spikeabs.com or whatever you're doing. Well, uh... It's recommended. <laughs> we saw that you were browsing angelabs.com. Does Angel have abs? I don't know that he does. I have thoughts about David Boreanaz. We'll get to them later. Okay. I have thoughts about him, too. I never told you about him. All right. Should we get into the episodes? Let's do it. So this week, we started with Gilmore Girls. Brian, tell our friends about Teach Me Tonight. It's about... Rory spending time with Jess because Luke asks her to tutor him and she sort of lets the flirting get out of control and there's a problem. Mm -hmm. Just wait till you hear what the problem is. <laughs> 
So the episode opens at Taylor Dosey's supermarket, or just market. It's not huge. No, it's too small. It's always so crowded. It's very small. We've now established that this town has 10,000 people. This is the only grocery store. Again, I grew up in a town half the size, and we had a much bigger grocery store. But there's a new bag boy, and he's like a pro. And Lorelai is joking around with Rory about how he's trying to get Dean's job. But for me, I'm like, this is, you're clearly comparing this to like Jess moving in on Dean's territory. Mm. And this bag boy's name is Marty, for all you future Gilmore Marty heads. Right. That means a lot to me, too, um, on a personal level. Right. I just want to make it clear that Marty is working because Dean is out of town visiting his grandmother. So we know that Dean is not in this episode. Yeah. At the checkout, Taylor Dosey's there, and he's telling them about the big film that he's going to be showing. I guess they do that every year. But he's picked The Yearling again, and Lorelai's like, I don't, we're not going to watch The Yearling. The Yearling, is that, is that they shoot a dog, I think, in that movie? Is that Old Yeller? I think The Yearling's about a deer. That sounds right. I think I've seen part of it. So Taylor's like, fine, you pick a movie. Which is like, okay, great. That's what she wants to do. He's like, you have no idea how hard it is to pick the movie. Which I'm like, is it that hard? I mean, there's got to be like a million movies you can watch. It does seem crazy that he would pick the same movie. Like, what do they say? Five years in a row or Four something? years, I think. Doesn't any More than two is t- too many. Just do a different movie. Okay, so the next morning, it's like 6.45 a.m. on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And Christopher calls. Lorelai's not picking up because they're still upset at each other because of the, you know, the fight he had at Luke's with her. They said in the Sherry episode that Chris calls at 7 on Wednesdays. Yeah. I didn't know they meant... A.M. Yeah, I'm confused about, they talk for 40 minutes in the morning on Wednesday? I mean, I guess she's got to get up early to get ready for school, but is she just like getting, doing her hair and talking to her dad? Maybe that's prime dad time. I don't know. Seems like a weird time. But he can't. He's like going somewhere. And Rory mentions Sherry, and he kind of doesn't address Sherry. So I think there's troubles in Sheridice. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know. But he says he can't really talk to her, but he'll double up the time next time. So he's going to talk to her until 8.15? Yeah, I feel like that's like also not like what I would want. Like I get that she wants time with her dad, but like ex- 40 extra minutes on the phone doesn't sound good. Yeah, she'll be at school by the time. That's not a good time for her. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call at 6 a.m. next Wednesday. Be ready for this chore of a relationship. At school, Jess is, like, super late for a test, but also isn't taking the test. He, like, sneaks in and then bugs Lane for a pencil, which she gives him. By the way, this this whole classroom has got, like, signs everywhere. Don't look at anything. Yeah. This teacher's aggressive. Yeah. But then Jess just takes that pen and starts, like, writing in the margins of his Kurt Vonnegut book. Automatically now I'm like, he's reading Kurt Vonnegut. Jess is cool. Oh, you like Jess? No, I like Kurt Vonnegut. Okay. They're just trying to tell us that Jess is cool. That's our cat's name. Kurvana Cat, yeah. I do remember, I used to cheat a lot in one class. Two classes. Three classes. Three classes? I don't know. I'm just yeah, don't be making stuff up. It's <laughs> just two. Your teachers listen to this? Yeah, and they never knew, and now I'm outed. The one knew for sure. W- one time I cheated off uh, in a math class. Math has never been my... Uh, Specialty. I cheated on the math class. You cheated on the math class? With yeah, who? I was seeing an algebra class. Oh, wow. And uh, it got pretty hot. So, like, pretty similar to math. Yeah, similar, but it's kind of like, oh, he's with a blonde, now he's with a brunette. He likes brunettes. I like numbers signifying values. So I got really into algebra. Okay. I would argue algebra is math, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, honey. Algebra is math. It's a little different, boo. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it, I mean, I get, technically you're right, um, actually, but, uh, you know what I'm saying. I cheated and I kept cheating and it was great. I was doing fantastic in this class until the teacher one day came Obviously. up to me and like three other students, one of which being the guy I cheated off of all the time. And she said, 
you guys are doing so well in this class. You're way about ahead of everybody else. We're going to put you in your own little class where we're going to teach you advanced algebra. This is a sitcom plot. The best is when I looked over at the guy I cheated on because he knew I was cheating off him. He was 100% helpful. And he kind of just looked at me like, well, you're fucked. <laughs> like, I don't know what we're going to do now, man. And uh, I was. It didn't go great. It didn't go great in that other class. And the teacher sees that he's, uh, you know, not taking the test that he showed up late for. Well, no one gave him a test. He's in trouble. Principal's pissed. He calls in Luke, and he's like, your son-ish. He's not your son. Luke's like, what? He's not? Yeah, he's like, I I, I thought you knew. He's like, Jess is going to fail. He's going to fail out. He also stole the baseballs? Allegedly? I mean, he did it. Every time there's been an allegation, he did it. But he's like, Jess is going to fail school. He's going to have to repeat this grade unless you do something. So Luke's like, I'll figure it out. And then he storms off. It was a very short meeting. I don't. The baseballs never gets addressed. We never find out if he stole those baseballs. Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, we do? When Luke confronts Jess later, he's like, he said something about you stealing the baseballs. And Jess, like, smiles. And Luke's like, why did you do that? Oh, I missed that. It was very subtle. I mean, they don't straight up confirm it. But you can tell by the look on Jess's face. Mm. Taylor Dosey then brings the binder of movies to Lorelai. He's like, this is the binder of approved free movies. You have to choose one of these. The yearling's obviously in there. She starts going to the movies, and they're obscure titles. But what order are they in? Because she just, the first one's like an A title. Okay. But then the next one is not an A, and it's not a B title. And they're not flipping the pages. Yeah, she's on like W, and she has not flipped a single page yet. So I'm like, is this just like a lot of zombie movies after a while? In the very next scene, Luke goes upstairs to confront Jess about his grades. But Jess is organizing his CDs, which is kind of like you just had a scene where you don't understand the concept of how things should be organized for a prop to a scene of someone organizing props. Yeah, Luke like immediately asks about his organizational system. But Jess doesn't care about his school. He's like, whatever, I'll just be a diner man. Ooh. Yeah, and then storms off. Jess is either sleeping in this apartment or storming off. I feel like those are the two things we've seen him do. Mm-hmm. So Luke's got to figure something out. It just doesn't seem to, like, care that he's failing high school. Well, I think he, I mean, he mentioned, like, on the road and really liking it. So I feel like he's got this, like, bohemian ideal of what humans should do. Yeah, but I feel like humans should pass high school. Especially if you're living a life like Jess where you're being taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, you work the diner sometime, but most of the time you're just reading. Right. He's got a lot of free time. He should be able to pass high school. I agree with you, but I can see someone being stubborn and emotional at that age and just being like, I don't need any of this. That's not the life I want to live. Admittedly, I do identify with Jess on some of these things. I knew you would. I was the cool kid reading Vonnegut. (laughs) Were you cool? I was not cool. (laughs) I got in trouble in classes for reading books for fun. So this scene. So this scene very much spoke to me. (laughs) When I wasn't a jerk, I might have been. I actually don't know. Why didn't you want to pass high school, Brian? No, I I wasn't like him. I was never in danger of failing high school, although I did have one class I failed. It was math. It might have been because I was sleeping in it. I don't know what happened. I guess I'm team Jess. (laughs) Listen, I have all the baseballs. I don't want to identify with Jess, okay? But I had some of these feelings. I also had a very similar body. I was very built. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it wasn't there, but... Well, you know, my body has changed, honey. Okay? Yeah. It looked a lot like his then, mm-hmm. and it still does now. Uh, so the next part is Lorelai deciding they're going to do the yearling again. She's looked through the whole thing. She's read all of the different IMDb summaries that are on there. I guess this is pre-IMDb. This is the BMDB, the Binder Movie Database. Yeah. I I can't imagine, though, 
that there's not another movie in there. Yeah, there's got to be something so dumb sounding in there that you would just do it. Yeah, it's it seemed it was funny that that's she's like, oh yeah, I guess this is why Taylor does this every year. But I did, the binder was so thick. I can't imagine there's not a movie that's like, I mean, my point is the yearlings in there. So they have movies. Yeah, there must be some other real movies in there. Or just something that sounds so ridiculous. It would be like a fun prank. Yeah, yeah. Or that. While she's doing this, uh, Rory comes home and decides to roast a single marshmallow on the stove. I've done this. Yeah? It's great. And then Luke comes in in a huff and he's like, I gotta talk to Rory. I'm just gonna go into a room. That's a thing that we all do in this town. He knocked. Yeah, no, he does. He doesn't just barge in. But it was weird. Like, he could have had her come into the kitchen. <laughs> So Luke goes in the room, asks her, like, hey, can you tutor? She's a little hesitant. She's like, Jess doesn't need a tutor. Jess can, like, pass any class without any help. This is dumb. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. But she probably doesn't want to spend time with Jess, so she does it. So Luke's like, cool, I'm out of here. Also, he made a cake for them. Not important. But as Luke's leaving, Lorelai comes up, and she's like, hey, you know, Rory's got a lot going on right now, so, like, maybe she doesn't have time for this. And Luke's like, oh, it's not going to take that long. She's like, yeah, but maybe I'm trying to tell you that, like, she doesn't want to do it. And he's like, I brought you brownies. Shut up. And she's all like, cool, cool. Yeah, I like brownies. That was funny because he put too much chocolate in the brownies. Yeah. And then she took a bite. And she's like, whoa, that is too much chocolate. But I like it. Yeah, that was funny. I wonder if he does know that she wasn't going to be happy about it. Because it did seem like he was maybe trying to butter her up with the brownies. Right. And then just kind of did ask Rory in secret. Right. And then did just kind of storm out of there quickly before Laura like could stop him. Yeah, I don't know. You could be right. I haven't seen any indication from him that he's aware of how Lorelai feels about Jess. That's how I feel, but I was like, maybe I missed something. I mean, other than like when he first showed up and he was a total asshole and she's like, Jess is a problem child. Right. But I, I don't know that they've really talked about it since. She also points out that Rory can't say no, which is something that you've observed. Yeah, she never does. Unless the answer is, will you say you love me? <laughs> and then sometimes she says no for a while. So it's set in stone. Rory is going to tutor Jess at the diner. Kirk shows up and has like a movie he made and he gives to Lorelai and he's like, this is my personal film. I can edit some of the hells out. We've got to keep all the dams. Please play this in the movies. So we, I mean, you know at this point that's happening, right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen it, but yeah. But it's just like too big of an offer not to. And you want to see it. Lorelai is really hesitant to leave. She doesn't want to leave her alone. She thinks that Rory's making a mistake. So she keeps trying to like have her order more food. And when she starts to go, she goes, what do I do if Dean calls? And Rory's like, well, can you tell him that I'm with Lane? Which is a lie. And Lorelai's like, I'm not going to lie for you. Don't you think it's weird that if this is all okay that you want me to lie? Good point. And Rory's all like, it's fine. I'm a good girl. I've always been a good girl. I've never done anything wrong. I never will. I'm the protagonist of this show. She doesn't. But like... That's the vibe. So Lorelai leaves. You know, she trusts her daughter. You know, she's, she's said that at least. Jess comes down and very confrontational with Lorelai. There's like a lot of aggression here. Yeah, it's great. But Lorelai leaves. Jess does magic tricks? Yeah, Jess is not interested in studying at all. He's clearly not paying attention. Every time Rory tries to keep him on task, he's like, whatever. He's like very ADD, which I can relate to. Eventually the diner closes and it's just them having a whole pie. But he's like, hey, I'll give you some books. But she's like... She's giving into his charm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, yeah, I'll take that book, you know. Give me, give me that book. I want your thoughts in my head. She's, like, reading from one of his books, like, one of his school books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, what are you doing? Open your book. And he does. But I'm like, I am assuming you're studying the same subject right now. He has two copies of this school book? That is weird. Maybe Lane has one? Yeah, maybe she borrowed Lane's. They don't explain that, but yeah, that's a good point. Then Jess convinces Rory that she could ice cream. He's like very flirtatious, like, let's just get ice cream. I'll drive you around, and then when we come back, I promise to be a good student. Rory's all like, okay, that's justification enough for me. This is going to be like Rory's fourth dessert this episode. Yeah. They had pie. She was eating a marshmallow. Her and Lorelai were eating some kind of like fruit 
bowl at the diner. I couldn't tell what that was. Yeah. Maybe pie? Well, we know how the show is. They eat a lot. Probably to offset all the caffeine in their blood. Rory gives in. She's like, all right, let's go. I'm being reluctant, but I want this. So they're driving around in Dean's car, everybody. Dean's car. Rory's car. You you were absolutely right. It is Rory's car, but like Dean built it for her. So it's like weird to like be in there with another boy while she's being sort of unfaithful emotionally. Drunk on ice cream. Just wasted on the lactose. Jess is doing like classic Jess stuff where he's like, uh, hold the wheel. I want to drive a little recklessly. And then it comes to the point where she's like, all right, let's go back. And he's like, cool, I could go back or we could just drive around more because he's making her laugh. And she's like, well, let's just drive around more. It's a date now. I mean, come on. What is it now? They're not tutoring anymore. I mean, they have conversations. I guess that's a date thing. But she confronts him like, why are you failing? He's like, I don't know. I'm not going to college. What's the point in passing? This is where you get the Kerouac vibe from him. Yeah. He's just going to like wing it through life and work if he needs to, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he asked her about her plans. And then she starts to like doubt herself if she can be a journalist. He's doing some negging pretty mm-hmm. hard on her. Mm-hmm. Like, you think you're tough enough to be a journalist? Because she wants to be like an international, in the trenches type journalist. Right. Roy's got a good NPR voice, I think. Well, I hope she makes it. Well, no, she doesn't because she dies in a car accident. One quick thing about this car ride they're taking. They show them like in the streets of Stars Hollow when they establish a shot of them in the car. But then as soon as we're in the car, it's just like one continuous shot of them driving pretty fast, not stopping. I'm like, what part of town is this that you're just going like 55 no stop signs for like 10 minutes? This is a town of one stoplight, honey. <laughs> just like blasting up and down the one street. When they, You'll know they're at Luke's when they've come to a stop. But apparently a... Moose jumps out or an animal of some sort. The deer, perhaps. I think it might be the deer come back for revenge. I mean, it hit her, so. Yeah, and she decided not to die, which is what it wanted. So it's getting revenge (laughs) on her for living. Jess swerves and they hit a tree and totaled the car and Rory breaks her wrist. We don't see this, though. No, we see Lorelai organizing her takeout drawer. Yeah, she's going through her takeout drawer. She's putting stickers on different things. It's a lot of work, but I get it. I like to organize board game boxes. I understand the pleasure involved. Mm -hmm. Then she gets a phone call. Lorelai just immediately starts, like, monologuing about what she's doing with the takeout drawer. And it's like, right, but Rory called you. Maybe Rory had something to say. And, of course, she did. She's like, hey, don't get mad. I'm in uh, the hospital. And she details what happened with the car. So Lorelai runs to the hospital. She's like, oh my God, what happened? And she's broken her wrist. Lorelai comes in. She's like, I'm here to see my daughter. She got in a car accident. And the reception's like, it'll be a second. And then she's like, it won't be a second. You need to tell me now or I'm going to be like some comparison to a character I am unfamiliar with in pop culture. Exactly. And then the nurse just like lifts up a little piece of paper. And she's like, she's over there. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Back to my doodling or whatever she was doing. She was like doing some kind of paperwork, but like. Barely. It was like, this woman's clearly upset. I I don't know. It was just going to be a minute, she said. But like, it's not like she was very busy. Lorelai goes in and she finds out that Rory is going to be okay, but she did fracture her wrist a little bit. A little hairline fracture. And the doctor's like, she's going to be okay. And we run a bunch of tests. And then Lorelai's like, well, run more tests. Do more x-rays. And the doctor's like, okay, I guess I can do that. I'm sure if I had watched this as a kid, I would have been like, yeah, that mom loves her daughter. But watching as an adult, I'm like, don't run more tests. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, he gave like some indication that they could have checked a few more things. But like, it sounded like they already did x-rays. You don't need to do more. X-rays are expensive and they're not good for you. X-rays are very expensive. Also, like you're taking up the doctor's time. You're taking up room. 
you're making people wait longer. It's a fractured wrist. And they say it's going to take like an hour. If I were Lorelai, I would just like want to take Rory home and be done with it. Yeah. I put Rory through an hour of prodding. Yeah, like, well, we gave her an AIDS test. She didn't get that from the accident. <laughs> but Rory tells her the car is not so good. Lorelai's like, nobody cares about the car. I'm like, Dean might. Yeah. She assures her that Jess made sure she was okay. And Lorelai's like, yeah, yeah, don't care about that. The doctors take Rory away, and they're like, yep, I guess we're going to do those extra unnecessary superfluous tests you ordered. Great. Bill my mom. It'll be an hour. And $10 million. But Lorelai is still upset, and she needs to, like, focus this anger somewhere, right? So she leaves the hospital and just storms to Luke's and immediately is like, I got to go find Jess and, like, yell at him. Luke's like, what are you talking about? I just got home. And she, like, kind of tells him about the accident. And Luke's all concerned about Jess. Like, where is Jess? But Lorelai's more interested in finding someone to be angry at right now, finding an enemy to yell at. So she starts yelling at Luke. This is his fault for setting them up, even though, like, he knew that she thought it was a bad idea. She's like, you didn't have to take him in. This is your fault. And Luke's like, I need to go find him right now. That's my priority. I need to go find him to make sure he's okay. He reassures her that he cares about Rory more than himself, though. Which yeah, which was... seems like a lot, I, uh, honestly. Yeah, it did seem like a lot. But you, Lorelai's face is like, oh. But he's like, you know, but I've got obligations right now, and she's fine. You know your daughter's fine. I don't know where my nephew is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's fine at all. And she's, uh, she's just yelling at him, tells him to go to hell. And he's like, well, then you go to hell, too. He's like, you right back at you. And they storm off. And then Lorelai does that face she does when she's upset and doesn't know what to do. She sees the tow truck towing away the car. The car does not look great. No. Looks real bad. Lorelai calls someone. Who's she going to call? And the scene ends with, like, Lorelai just, like, desperately, emotionally calling Chris. She's like, Chris, I need you. I think she just says, Chris? And we know that that means Chris Angel, the magician. He's going to come and fix it. Right. Luke finds Jess at that bridge. That's the only other place they have that's remote that's a set piece. It's like Jess's favorite place, I think. Yeah. Luke sits down and Jess is like, I made sure she was okay first. And Luke's like, I know. And we're both like, how? Did you know that? You just found out everything. But it could be that he like knew that Jess was good at heart and that he cared about Rory yeah. and he would have checked. And then Luke sits down with him. And it seems like it's going to be emotional, like, hey, let's talk about what happened. But um, I guess maybe it's, it's a sadder moment than we see. That night, Rory finally gets all of her surgeries done. Um, <laughs> she looks like a totally different person now. Her bones have been replaced with adamantium. Very expensive. But she's in her bed with a cast and Lorelai has like, got all this stuff you know, laid out for her so she'll be comfortable. Like, overprotective mom. She's going to just sit in a chair, even though Rory's like, please leave. Well, she's going to sleep in the chair. Yeah. Which is, I, I get it. Like, she, Lorelai's big thing is, like, she didn't die, but, like, she could have. Yeah. She got off pretty easy in this car accident. So I, I get that she's, like, feeling protective, even though Rory's not going to die from a broken wrist in the middle of the night. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a bit much to me. I'm not a father or a mother, so, uh, you know, maybe it's not. I see what you're saying. But Lorelai wakes up in the middle of the night in her uncomfortable chair and sitting in an even more uncomfortable chair. Is no one at first, but then she looks again. Chris Angel. Magic. Right. It's Christopher. Aww. He came. Yeah, and fell asleep in a chair. And then she, like, brings him outside. They're, like, over their fight. They both apologize to each other. He broke into their house. He doesn't apologize for that. No, he took the keys out of the rock. Turtle. Turtle. They have a fake turtle outside. And she just keeps saying she's glad he's here. Did I mention I'm glad you're here? Yeah, she says that a lot. She is, like, super flirty, needy with him the whole time, the rest of this episode. And then it's movie night. 
Lane gives Rory a little sticker for her cast. Yeah, uh, which just takes up a lot of space on that cast. I know. I was like, oh, that's cute. It's just going to be the little character portion of that, right? But it's not. It's like the whole freaking rectangle. <laughs> yeah. She kind of gives Lane some exposition about what's happening, and Rory knows that Luke and her mom are fighting, but doesn't know why. But they sit down, and Lorelai's being so, like, touchy close with Chris, right? Yeah. I mean, Lorelai organized this event, maybe? Did she put the chairs that close together for a reason? <laughs> I don't know. Is that in the script? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Jackson's not there because he's singing to his persimmons. Yeah. That line wasn't funny, but then the next line was. I thought that was funny, but you can talk about the next the line. The next line was about him singing to something else, and that was really funny. What was funny to me is when Christopher was like, we're just going to let that sentence slide. And I'm like, yeah, Christopher, just get used to it. It stars hollow. You just stop questioning stuff. We're going to be talking about it for all day. Then he also said the whole town feels like an outpatient mental institution. And he hasn't even met Paris. But yeah, they're both super flirty. He's just like... I don't know that he's super flirty. Is he? I don't know. I think Christopher's pretty flirty. He says, like, I wish I could stay a couple times, but he's, like, staring straight at her face. And then she's like, it's okay. You got to get back to Sherry. It's whatever. He's like, no, I wish I could stay. (laughs) In your bed. Well, she kept saying stuff like, you staying around more sounds good. It's like, okay, desperate? Like, you just jump on this guy right now? Yes. He's got someone. We Maybe. Uh, you didn't hear that phone call, but it sounds like he should still have someone in theory. I, to me, she comes off as super flirty. He has a reason to be there that's not just relationship. Yeah. I mean, she definitely does seem desperate, like you said, but it's seems clear things aren't great with Sherry, and that's never once said. Hmm. Don't you think? Yes, I I agree with you. It does seem like something's weird with Sherry. Does she already have kids? Does she not want kids anymore? Is he infertile? Oh my god, that's it, isn't it? He can't have kids anymore. Okay, we're gonna find out. I'm excited to find out. And then Rory shows up and they're like, what? No, we don't love each other. Stop. But then the movie starts and it's not the yearling. It's Kirk's weird movie. Uh, Black and white masterpiece. It was pretty funny. Um, It was weird enough that I enjoyed it. So Suki's like, Jackson's gotta see this. I gotta go. Chris gets up to get popcorn. So Lorelai and Rory snuggle. And when they're snuggling, they overhear Patty. You know Patty? She's the woman that's constantly gossiping. She's talking to the neighbor lady, Catwoman. I don't know her name. Ginger? Babette. Ginger's a good guess. She's talking about Babette, and they're talking about how Jess was put on a bus by Luke and told to leave. Sent back home. Just like that. And Rory and Lorelai just kind of stare at the movie. But it's clear they both heard this and are processing it differently. So did you think this was a good episode, Stace? Yeah. It wasn't perfect, but I like a Christopher episode. <laughs> I don't know. That just always, you're not expecting him to show up. And then his name pops up in the credits and you're like, oh, damn, this gonna is going to. some emotions. Yeah. It's going to shake things up. Like whatever is happening with Luke, whenever Christopher comes to town, that's on pause. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, Rory going to the hospital was good drama, even though she was mostly fine. They could have given her a bigger injury, probably. It would have been a little more exciting. Yeah. It maybe wasn't the most funny episode. Yeah, I mean, that's my big criticism of this episode is it's not super funny. But, you know, it's not just a comedy. But I felt the emotion was good. The stuff with Jess and Rory and, like, Rory making it very clear that she's giving into her, like, desire to emotionally cheat on... on I'm, I'm Dean. You're already forgetting about Dean? I remember Dean's name about as well as Dean remembers when Rory's supposed to get home. I thought the parts about... Jess being a bad boy were kind of annoying because that's still bothering. Like, people love Jess. I'm like, no, he's terrible. Yeah. He's terrible. He's a bad person. But then you watch them interact and it's so good. Like, their chemistry is cute. Yeah. So I'm like, I get it. I get why she's attracted to this, even though it doesn't make sense because she, like, totally 
disrespects his life choices. And unless he changes something, they would never work. Right. But you're not always attracted to someone that would work. Right. So it's an interesting uh, crossroads that Roy is at. It's funny because a lot of the criticisms that Jess got were stuff that teachers told me. I mean, I've said this before on the podcast, but really did not care about school and high school. It wasn't until college that I really applied myself. But I got people say that all the time, like, you can read, like, you're smart, you're not applying yourself. And I can't justify why I didn't. And it worked out for you. You graduated, you got two degrees. I sold all the baseballs for a ton of money. I'm an international journalist. Yeah, and it's dangerous, but you're tough enough. Thank you, honey. Yeah, so it definitely had really great parts, but I would say, like, last week's episode was maybe more, like, the whole thing delighted me. Mm-hmm. But this definitely had some good scenes. Yeah. That stood out in my memory, too. Where I was like, oh, yeah, I remember feeling things when I watched these scenes. Yeah. That's all. Cool. And now, for a special segment we like to call... Meanwhile, Uncharted. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile, Uncharmed, Season 2, Episode 19, Ex Libris, Phoebe helps the ghost of a student who was killed to prevent the publication of her thesis on evil. The Goo Goo Dolls perform at Piper's nightclub. Phoebe helps the ghost of Charlene, a student killed by Libris. Okay. Are there IMDb. multiple ghosts? I'm to be. I am to be. I am to be. What are you doing? Because I have a sneaking suspicion that Charlene is the same character mentioned in the first sentence. Did someone go to write a summary and not realize there was one already? Yeah, I know. So I'm going to have to assume those are two separate events. Phoebe helps the ghost of a student who was killed to prevent the publication of her thesis on evil. And also... Phoebe helps the ghost of Charlene, a student killed by Libras. Phoebe's just hanging out at the school. A lot of dead people showing up. <laughs> okay, let me just read it again. So Phoebe helps the ghost of a student who was killed to prevent the publication of her thesis on evil. No name given for this ghost. Okay, but then there's another ghost named Charlene who's also a student killed by Libris. So two different reasons. So they must be different. Also, the Goo Goo Dolls perform at Piper's. So it is just Piper's Club. We've now established that. I mean, Piper's the only person who get the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> well, Piper doesn't want to be a witch anymore. So she's real busy getting the Goo Goo Dolls. So Phoebe's just like tired from helping this ghost. She goes to the club. Oh, Piper, man, it's great you got the Goo Goo Doll. And then she gets a call that there's another ghost. Like, hey, can you, you, you were great. You were such a darling. You got rid of that ghost problem. Who Helped is her this? pass on. This is a principal at a school. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I don't work at a school. Yeah, but you were here earlier. We saw you helping a ghost. And uh, yeah, I was just kind of walking by. Yeah, we got another ghost. Um, I, I'm a witch. I mean, no, I'm not. Forget that um listen you were helping a nameless ghost this ghost has a name you're not gonna come back to help a named ghost what's her name it's uh charlene oh shoot i do have a soft spot for charlene's yeah turns out charlene was seeing a teacher and then they got into a fight when the teacher tried to break it off and then charlene shot the teacher i think that's an episode of buffy oh never mind don't worry about it i'm thinking of the oh though this one was killed by libris okay i'll be an angry book okay yeah um i guess i'll be there thanks a lot okay Hanging up now. I love you. Love you too. Bye. Piper, I gotta go. Um, We're just doing a teleplay now, guys. Uh, <laughs> it stopped being, yeah, two separate ghosts, and it's kind of funny, but the Goo Goo Dolls play a song. I don't know any of the Goo Goo Dolls songs. And I don't want the world to see me. Sounds like something a ghost would say. And uh, Phoebe goes and helps another ghost. Uh, and Prue is just, she's just filming the Great British Bake Off right now. So. Yeah, she wasn't in this episode. Yeah. This is Ben. Meanwhile, Meanwhile on Charmed. On Charmed. 
So, Stacy, then we watched Buffy. Can you tell us what happened in I Only Have Eyes for You? Yes. In this episode, the school is going through some sort of temporal poltergeist problem. And Buffy uses this as like a way to cope with her problems with Angel, I guess. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. So it starts at the bronze. Buffy's all forlorn in the balcony. And then she's approached by Ben from Algebra 2. He asks her to the Sadie Hawkins dance. That's not how that works, Ben. She acts all surprised to like, oh, you're asking me out? Like, yeah, you're a pretty girl by yourself. Some dude's like, hey, we had class together. She's like, I don't remember class. That sounds dumb as hell, but that's basically what she says. And then he's like, oh, I know exactly where you sat. And she's all like, oh, you're into me? Weird. (laughs) But then she's like, no, I can't go with you. I'm like never dating ever in my life again. She sees Willow on the way out. She mentions that she's going to go to school to check in with Giles to see if she should patrol. I'm like, call him. But there's actually a very important reason she goes to school. Willow's like, you're being boring. You got to be impulsive. Like, it's fine if you fall in love again someday. Love can be nice. Cut to a couple just like screaming at each other in the school. It's very dramatic. It's literally like they're doing a play. Yeah, you said, are they doing a play? And I kind of was like, well. Like, it it felt like they were doing like a dramatic scene for an audience. And then the guy pulls out a gun. And just then Buffy shows up like she said she would. Just in time to stop the guy from like shooting the girl. And then the gun kind of just disappears. And the janitor's like, what's going on here? He didn't maybe even say anything. But that's how he felt. And Buffy throws out an OJ reference. Yeah, I know. I was like, whoa. That nobody understands what they just saw. And then Principal Quirk is back. What's his name? Snyder? Snyder. Schneider? Sinead O'Connor. The principal's back. We have one again. And again- I mean, would you spend a lot of time in the school when principals are getting eaten there? I would spend as much time off campus as possible. But that's not what the principal's job is. <laughs> and again, he's got Buffy in his office all like, I know something's up with you. I'm going to follow all the clues and pin it on you no matter what I find. And he teleports away. Basically, he's got to go deal with a vegan, he says. Yeah, like a vegan in the early 2000s. How dare they? He tells her she stinks of lies and he runs away. <laughs> and then like a yearbook falls off the shelf from 1955. Hmm. You think there's a bunch of invisible girls? It seemed that way. It seemed like that girl was back. But she is married to Rory in Handmaid's Tale. Willow is just still teaching this computer class. I thought the principal was supposed to be finding a replacement. He's got very strong opinions on students. Buffy's the worst. Willow's the teacher. Now, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Willow is in this class, so this is what she should be doing this period anyway, like being in this classroom. But did Jenny not have other classes? Did she only teach this period of computer? Yeah, she was cursing the rest of the time. (laughs) Like, who's teaching those periods? Yeah, that's a good point. But Willow's like crushing it. She's doing like a stand-up set, basically, and the students love it. Willow's their new favorite teacher. And she found a rose quartz in Jenny's drawer and is like, Giles, I think she'd want you to have this. Great Willow. I think I wash my face with rose quartz right now. Okay. Just saying. That's what my face washes. Buffy's daydreaming in class and she just like has a flashback to the 50s. She's witnessing a teacher having an affair with a student. I mean, she's not seeing it, the act, but they're like talking about it. And they're doing some hand touching. That's all people did in the 50s. That's, that's a, sex. That's as far as affairs went in the 50s. Then she wakes up and the teacher in the class that she's in, IRL, has absentmindedly written, don't walk away from me, bitch, on the board. And that is something that was in the play in the beginning. The play. Yeah, in the fight that the kids were having. Xander and Buffy are walking in the hallway. Buffy's like, something weird's going on. And this time I really care about it, she says. Xander's response is kind of confusing to me. Yeah? 
Because he, like, admits that weird stuff happens, but, like, doesn't seem to care. I don't really understand his reaction. I know. Anytime someone's like, there's something weird going on, you'd think he'd be like, all right, let's figure out which book to read. You've been right every single time you have a feeling, Buffy. But Xander quickly is paid back when a zombie arm pops out of the locker and, like, grabs him. Rips his shirt, too. Oh, no. It's probably expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, his shirt has enough material for two shirts, so he's fine. <laughs> they go to tell Giles he's very excited about a new phenomenon, as usual. And he said it sounds like a poltergeist, and it's just got to resolve its issues, and it'll be fine. But then you sense that maybe he has an idea of who this might be. Hmm. Later that night, the janitor who witnessed the previous crime play, he was at the play, He's cleaning, and a teacher's working late. She's leaving her classroom, and he's like, excuse me, ma'am, would you like to do that play with me? And she's like, of course I would. And they start doing the same lines that the the teenagers were doing in the beginning with the gunfight. It's Their like, actual dialogue made it clear that they do not know each other very well, though. Yes, because she's like, yeah, I'm going home to my husband and my kids. She doesn't say that, but it's clear they're not having an affair. Until well, she's like, what's your name again? She's like, it's like J- Jeff or something? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and then they immediately go into like a breakup fight. Passionate fight. I don't know that we see the exact same portion, but eventually we see some of the same lines. And we're like, oh, they're doing it too. Some specific lines are like, tell me you don't love me, love is forever, don't walk away from me, bitch. It's the same convo. And then he materializes a gun. Giles is still at school and he overhears this and he's like, Jenny? And runs thinking this is Jenny's ghost. And the janitor shoots the lady. And Giles is like, dude, you killed her. And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm probably not the janitor here anymore. Um, (laughs) So she's just dead, right? Yeah, she's just dead. Damn. We don't know what this is. Right. It seems to be like a TikTok everybody's doing. It's like the taboo teacher challenge. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, everyone seems to be doing this fight in the hallway. We should just do it. Let's just lip sync these ghosts. We should just keep having school probably too. You know this principal. He doesn't give a shit. They're having school. Meanwhile, Angel and the bad kids are helping Spike shop for a new house. The bad kids are not actual bad kids like in the Halloween episode though. These are, uh, you're talking about... Just Drusilla and Spike and Angel. <laughs> How does this work? Are there vampire realtors? Or is there just like a lot of abandoned creepy mansions you can browse at your leisure and just take? But it has a garden. And then Angel just makes all kind of like ableist jokes about Spike. Yeah, like a ton. Just like holding a flower like a weirdo again. Just so mean to Spike. Just like, I'm gonna bang your girlfriend. Are they a thruple? You suck. Like, Spike is incapacitated, but he's really not doing that much with his words, at least, to stop Angel from, like, trying to have sex with his girlfriend. Yeah. Anyway, Giles straight up tells the kids that he thinks it's Jenny, and they doubt it because of the gun. They're like, Jenny wouldn't do that. It seems like a lot. And he's like, okay, whatever. I encourage you to challenge me, but you're wrong, you dumb, dumb children. Yeah, that part was funny. Willow does a cross-check on all the shootings that have gone on at this school, which, what? How many are there? But she says straight up there's been a lot. Yeah. And they discover this murder-suicide that happened on the night of the Sadie Hawkins dance in 1955, which is clearly this thing that Buffy had a flashback about. The teacher tried to break it off with the student, and he couldn't make her love him, so he shot her, and then he shot himself in the music room. Buffy's all kind of angsty in this episode. Even her, like, style is weird. She's got, like, a leather jacket on, her hair's, like, greased back. Buffy thinks this dude doesn't deserve forgiveness, which is interesting because she represents him later. I don't know. It's it's weird. Everyone's having a nice school cafeteria lunch until the food is snakes. <laughs> until and the food is snakes. <laughs> it is. The 
It's true. It's very true. The principal's just observing this, you know, casually. And then outside, a cop shows up and he's like, principal, you got to make sure you cover this up with some shit like always. Make up an excuse. And then like a journalist walks by. He's like, oh, yeah, the sewer's backed up. Happens all the time. Principal says that. And then to the cop, the principal says, we're on a hellmouth. He knows. Oh, snap. I mean, it seemed like he knew something all along. But the cop is like, the city council said you were the man for the job. And if you can't do it, you're going to have to answer to the mayor. Who? And he says mayor like the mayor is fucking angel. <laughs> like, like you don't want to mess with the mayor. Weird. And Quark's like, well, I'll handle it. Are there other Hellmouths? Yes. Oh! <gasps> Is that a spoiler? Uh, maybe, but I, I think they've made. I think they've mentioned it. If they don't, it's not a big plot point. Snyder says a Hellmouth as if he's aware of many Hellmouths. It's confusing because it should be an Hellmouth, but I hate that shit. Is that real? <laughs> I don't think so. When it has a hard age. Well, I mean, it, it, it's like an haunted house. Ugh! I don't care if it's right. It's wrong. Willow has this whole exorcism planned called a Megas tripod. Basically, they need to stand in a triangular form around the school with the center being where the murder happened, the hot spot, as they call it. And then they all got to like chant something. Buffy wants to be in the hot spot because she's the maddest and I guess the strongest. I I don't know. Again, she doesn't know what she's fighting, so I don't really... Strength doesn't really help against an incorporeal adversary. Right, but... I don't know. She's got issues. She's got to work out. She could also, like, like if it flung her around, though, she could take more damage than the average person. She'd right. heal up. They're not keeping Giles in the loop on any of this, really. All the doors in the school just, like, instantly slam shut. It's nighttime. I'm not sure why they were all wide open. Yeah, why are all the school doors open at all? They should all be closed at the very least, and they should be locked. Yeah. I guess the janitor doesn't work there anymore. True. But, yeah, they were all locked when Jenny was trying to run away from the school. Yeah. Maybe the poltergeist wanted her dead. Like, ooh, a friend. Meanwhile, Drew is gonna sleep naked in a little dirt hole. (laughs) That's not wrong. Spike and Angel are like, yeah, go for it. She's having a vision that something's gonna get Buffy. Angel loves this. Seems like he's about to just, like, fuck Drew right in front of Spike. (laughs) And she is fine with it. She is into it. She's kind of like, whatever happens, guys. And Spike's, like, always on his case about not killing Buffy, too. So Angel's like, yeah, I'm going to go kill her tonight, I think. By the way, you can't walk. (laughs) Let's bring that up again. Willow startles Giles in the library. He's again camped out at the school hoping to finally consummate with Ghost Jenny. You think that's what he's doing? I don't know. What's he going to do when he finds her? Does that seem like Giles? What's he going to do when he finds her? Say I love you, goodbye. Not like, can you touch this if you concentrate real hard, Jen? He wants to finish her business. Okay. Buffy hears music and just, like, wanders into the 50s flashback, I guess. She just, like, sees the dude and the lady making out or something. But then they become, like, zombies. Cordelia's posted up in the bathroom. That's her triangle spot. She takes off her Band-Aid from the snake lunch, and her whole face is just, like, zombie. Xander's dealing with some classroom snakes. Willow goes to her spot on the stairs, and it becomes, like, a sinkhole. But Giles pulls her out. He finally believes Willow that this is, like, darker than anything Jenny could be doing. And he's just so sad that his girlfriend's business is all finished. I think they could have explored this more, even, honestly. More of his disappointment in it not being her. Yeah, for sure. Like, show him, like, what was he going to do? What was he trying to do to prove it? What Was he just waiting? Right. You know, he wasn't, like, actively looking for her. I think he was trying to communicate with her with spells. I don't know. Yeah. But then it's midnight, so it's time to do the chant, which is really more of a poem, very liberal use of the word chant. (laughs) And then there's just this big black cloud of bees that takes over the whole school. Wasps, I think. I only think that because I think Angel calls them wasps. Yeah. You can't tell. They look like flies, honestly. Yeah, I really didn't know what they were. 
But they all run out of the school and they go back to, I think, Buffy's house for some coffee tea. They decide that the ghost must be James and that he's recreating the events of the night. He's caught in some kind of like purgatory. Buffy somehow knows he wants forgiveness because that's what she wants. A lot of assumptions here, but Buffy doesn't think he deserves forgiveness because she hates herself. (laughs) There's a lot of mapping of this this problem onto Buffy's problem. I don't think she sees herself as him. But that's what the show tells us later. I mean, it, it maps on a little bit, but I mean, like... She says all that, and then Cordelia's like, self-identify much? Mm, okay. So I, I think that's exactly what's happening. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how this, like, maps, though. It doesn't map perfectly. The con- the specifics of their conversation sort of do, but, like, she doesn't kill Angel. She says that the guy destroyed the teacher with a blind passion. And, like, she, I guess, destroyed Angel with a blind passion when they had sex, but, like, she didn't know that would happen. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it doesn't fit perfectly, because... Like, her thing is she should have killed Angel several times, and now she feels guilty for not. Not that she feels guilty for making a mistake with the sex. The sex wasn't more her fault than Angel's. I mean, there was some, like, Angel constantly warned about them having sex. But he warned. He was like, maybe we shouldn't. No, absolutely. And, like, he definitely was like, let's do it. Yeah. So my, I guess I'm just trying to figure out a way where she could blame herself. I think she's just doing a lot of self-pity. Mm-hmm. Buffy goes to the kitchen and looks at a Sadie Hawkins poster and realizes what she needs to do. <laughs> Giles tells the gang that the spirit is too evil and powerful to go back to the school, so they'll just wait it out. But that's exactly where Buffy's going. The bees let her in. And then Giles and Willow find the Sadie Hawkins poster and somehow know she went back. This is a very powerful poster. She did not go back because she had a plan. You think she just was like, I gotta go? Giles says that she's under the ghost thrall. But the poster reminded her of the thrall. Or it enthralled her? Yeah, I don't know. But it uh, the poster, was the poster even real? Yeah, because Giles and, Giles and Willow come see it. Yeah. It's confusing, actually, where the poster came from, because Buffy, like, found it at the school. Well, the school's also having a Sadie Hawkins. Right, and... but it, it said 1955. Right. And she saw this, like, during a, what seemed like a hallucination, but then yeah. she somehow takes it home with her, and it becomes physical. I mean, like, the gun works the same way. In my head, it's like, uh, yeah, you're right. It's like the gun. It just totally manifests. I don't exactly understand why there's snakes and bees either, and, like, things are becoming, like, the zombie arm? What, what is all this? Yeah, it's it's very random assortment of things, and they sort of justify it by saying that, like, the ghosts, like, are confused and are just, like, lashing out, so it's, like, kind of random, but, like, bees and snakes, what? So the gang goes back to the school. They wait outside. Can we talk about Cordelia's clothes? Yeah. I think they make her look too dressed up. Like, she's clearly not in high school. She looks like a young adult woman. And when they put her in, like, dress pants, I just feel like she looks like she's on her way to work. But, I mean, now you know way more about fashion, so I'm not going to pretend to know as much as you do. But, like, isn't she supposed to be, like, very fashionable? Like, she's probably trying to look like a young adult. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I wasn't in high school in 1998, but... I feel like girls were wearing jeans to school. Yeah, I mean, she's rich, too. Yeah. I don't know. But when I was a kid and watched it, I didn't notice that. But I'm an adult now, and you probably notice stuff now that you didn't that. It's hard to say, because my fashion in the 90s was Wisconsin poor girl in, like, (laughs) sixth grade, where Cordelia was, like, rich California lady. Yeah. But I don't know. She just, she reads, like, secretary to me Mm -hmm. and not fashion. That's why they give her lollipops. (laughs) No, they don't. No, they give those to Willow. That's the thing. They try so hard to make Willow look, like, 12. Like, they really go super far with making her look young. Mm -hmm. And they just don't do that with Cordelia. I don't know. Someone tell me if I'm wrong. So they're waiting outside. They're pretty confident Buffy will be fine because there's no man in the school to play the role of the man. So no one can shoot her. 
Everything will be fine, right? Wrong. Angel's in there. Be an all angel. But then he reaches a certain point in the hallway and they get sucked into doing the play. Almost like it was written about them. What? Like the dialogue just fits their problems pretty well. Right before they get taken over, though, Angel's like, you know, wasps don't hurt vampires, which is sort of important because it just reinforces like, remember, guys, vampires don't get hurt easily. So they're doing the play now, but Buffy's reading the boys' part. I love David Boreanaz so much as like a douche, but oh my God, Sarah Michelle Gellar's such a better dramatic actor than David Boreanaz. <laughs> He's just not good at this stuff. Like he walks away in a huff at some point. I just don't buy it. But she's like doing great, I thought. Yeah. And then as the play says, <laughs> Buffy shoots him. And then he falls down over the balcony. She moves on to the part in the music room where she's going to kill herself. But, of course, he's not dead because you can't shoot an angel. And then he comes back to life, which is out of the stage directions of the play because the original actress, (laughs) the original woman who got killed was human and died. So now Angel is somehow able to finish this story and, like, forgive her. This part is not written, so I don't understand really, like, is he conveying the emotions of the actual ghost lady? I think both ghosts are there. And I think there's a line, a dialogue that sort of suggests that. Like they're taking over Buffy and Angel? Yeah, they're two separate ghosts that are trying to communicate with each other. Right, right, right. I I know Buffy's fully taken on, too. But, like, this stuff that Angel's saying has never been said before. So it's everything that that ghost lady wanted to say? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so Ghost Lady in Angel's body forgives Ghost Boy in Buffy's body. If that's not the case, if it's a single ghost, which I'm pretty sure it's two, then it's just like a selfish boy's fantasy. Yeah. Because she tells him how she really feels, you know? Yeah. She forgives him. Uh, I'm not really sure why he murdered her, but mm, that's what happens. And then Buffy likes to hear that Angel forgave her. That's nice for us. It's like closure, but not. They kiss, but then the spell curse is broken, and Angel remembers that he hates this and runs away. I, I want to talk about this for a second. I, I, I feel like he, like forgiving the guy is one thing, but like he, sh- he shot his teacher. That guy was not okay. Like You can't... Yeah. Being in love is one thing. Being like Even striking someone out of anger, never okay. But like forgivable if it happened once out of anger or something. I, I'm not saying that's forgivable. I just mean like shooting someone, though, is like you thought to, you decide, you knew you were going to kill her. You weren't just carrying a gun around. You were like, I'm going to kill this woman if she doesn't love me enough. Yeah, he didn't manifest the gun. He brought a gun. Yeah. It wasn't like he got so mad and, like, picked up a knife and stabbed her, which is also wrong and terrible, but he was just like, I'm going to kill this woman. But that's what the next scene is. Bobby's all sad and doesn't understand why this lady forgave him. Right, right. And Giles is like, does it matter? I mean, I don't really know that we get closure, but, I mean, again, this is all, like, mapping Angel and Buffy. Yeah. And that, like, Buffy needs to forgive herself for not killing Angel or for having sex with Angel. It's a little vague. Yeah, it's kind of unclear. Back at Spike's new house, Angel is taking a rage shower, just trying to wash off all that love. Real mean Spike again. Him and Drusilla are going to go murder a toddler. But Spike is doing some toddling of his own. (laughs) He stands up. Oh, boy. He doesn't need his wheelchair anymore. He kicks it. He's like, I'm back, baby. <laughs> he turns the camera and goes, I'm back, baby. Does finger guns. That's right? what I <laughs> That's what I said Angel said when Angel showed up evil. <laughs> I mean, that's not what he said, but that's the sentiment. Yeah. Oh boy. I love Spike. Oh yeah? Yeah. It is exciting that something's gonna happen. Yeah, he's been doing a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> 
I remember I was in English class, and my teacher and I both watched the show, and we would talk about it sometimes, and, like, it was, like, a lull in the class, and I, like, answered the question that she had asked the class, but then also I was like, did you see Buffy last night? And she's like, no, and it's like, I gotta tell you what happened at the end, and then I just relayed all the Spike stuff. Did she want you to spoil it? She totally did. Okay. She had missed it, she hadn't recorded it, and this is before you could just, like, YouTube or download the episode, you know, it was like, well, you missed Mm -hmm. it. Like, yeah, you could wait for it to come out on DVD, but you're gonna watch next week's. And then that teacher rejected Brian's love and he shot her. Yeah, I mean, that bitch shouldn't have walked away from me. (laughs) So, Brian, was this a good episode? Yeah, I think it was a good episode, but it is not without flaws. Sure. I think Buffy's relationship just doesn't clearly map onto this relationship she's experiencing. They're trying so hard to make it, but it's just, when you think about it, it's a little off, I think. I think it's, I'm torn because like in some ways it shouldn't perfectly map. Right. Because it's just the two unrelated events. And I think some of the primal emotions do map. Mm-hmm. She hates Angel. He killed Jenny Calendar. He's killed some of her, like, acquaintances. He's killing toddlers out there right now. The things he's done are unforgivable, but she does still love him. She wants on some level to forgive him. But she knows there's no reason to. There's no way that he would deserve forgiveness. Of course, it's more complicated than that in reality, right? Because Angel is not really the person she sees right now. But also she wants him to forgive her, the story would have us believe. Because, like, they make it clear that this poltergeist chose Buffy because it, like, identified with her plight. Well, we don't know which one chose her. Well, she was doing the boy part. Yeah, I don't know that that... That just might have been what lined up because the ghost knew what would happen or it might have been just, like, where they were in the hallway. Sure. I don't know that it's connected. And there's also, like, kind of some craziness about, like, this. these ghosts have been here for 50 years just, like, now starting yeah. to reenact it. Why is it active? It's Sadie Hawkins, which is maybe why, but, like, does this happen every year? Yeah, that's the question, right? Is it because Buffy's experiencing these emotions now? You think someone else has had some kind of similar emotions. Because Buffy was here last year. Yeah, it's sort of nonsensical that it just started happening. That's the other issue I have with this episode, is that that doesn't add up, and they really wanted to map, and it doesn't perfectly, but it does enough that it's interesting. And I thought the scene in the hallway was emotional, and I liked the twist that it switched the genders. Yeah, what I was going to say is I really didn't care much about a lot of it, Mm -hmm. and thought it was a little... Just like emo and confusing and dumb, but I really did like what they did with the last scene with Buffy and Angel. Yeah. Like, it was cool that that's how it all culminated, but I just like, I don't know, I was a little, kind of a slog to get to that. And it wasn't a super funny episode either. It wasn't a particularly funny episode. I felt like it was like Gilmore and that they're dropping a lot of important stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the principal's back. Oh, he knows what's going on. There's a mayor character? What's that about? He seems important for well, some reason. I knew there was a mayor. Well, why would you know that? Mayor, mayor, mayor. <laughs> That's you, my impression I also really liked Giles dealing with his grief of Jenny. But you didn't think they dealt with it enough? No, I didn't, but I, I still liked what they did with it. I was like, that's cool, because like we're not forgetting a character that just died. And of course, Giles is the one that's still dealing with it. Sure. Also, with Willow's like coming into her own uh, in some ways. That's as specific as I want to be. Because she was leading the charge on the pyramid scheme? <laughs> Yeah, she's really into like (laughs) selling like nutrition shakes and stuff. Like, I mean, the like garage is full of products she can't move, but she got to keep buying it. The triangle chant. 
Don't know what she's talking about. There was a poem reading in this episode. The pointy but, poem? Uh, she's really into wasp management later in the show. I'm assuming that's what you mean, that she's doing some, like, magic research on her own. Couldn't tell you. I don't really I know. I know she's a witch. She, um, what? I don't know. To, don't tell me anything about Willow being a witch. I just know that I've seen the word Willow and witch show up in a few sentences. I think she just saw the word Willow and she saw it was the word witch. I can't read very well, so that she's could be. She's so dumb. She's so pretty, though, so it's like, <laughs> You guys get it. So, Stacy, which episode do you think was better? I think Gilmore, just because no. I didn't really love this Buffy. For me, this Buffy was a lot like last week's Gilmore, where, yeah, the whole episode, it's mostly like, oh, Gilmore's probably better. But then you have so much in that last act and that, like, little denouement with Spike that's like, ooh, 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 ooh. You're comparing this to what in Gilmore? I'm sorry, the Dean on the porch. Right, right. Dean on the porch, Spike in the chair. Very similar scenes. Yeah. (laughs) Spike standing up and saying, Drusilla likes Angel, doesn't she? Yeah, except (laughs) Dean walks away with his head down and Spike's got his head up a little. Yeah, Spike walks away with that wheelchair down. I think I'm going to go Gilmore. Brave. You know, in this climate, it's really like I shouldn't, but I'm going to stick to my guns. It's surrounded by some far superior Buffies. This one kind of pales in comparison, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a blowout. I don't think Gilmore Girls was like, no. This is the best episode. And, but I, I do think probably Gilmore was better. I was very hesitant when you asked me if I liked that episode of Gilmore Girls because there were parts of it that I really loved, but so much of it's also kind of forgettable. Yeah, very forgettable, really. But it also wasn't annoying. There's a lot of good stuff in that Gilmore Girls episode, though. Like the Kirk thing is funny. The Kirk thing's funny enough. That's like a big moment people remember. Like, honestly, I could have guessed what we saw. The, yeah. It's like, honestly, yeah. like. I didn't hate Buffy, just to be clear. I really, really liked the end, but I didn't really like. Too much else. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I think the Poltergeist stuff was kind of sloppy. We already went over the reasons. If you guys want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 20, Go Fish. As well as Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 20, Help Wanted. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast. Like, did you have Poltergeist at your school? How many x-rays is too many x-rays? Do you ever watch shows from the 90s or the 2000s and you're like... What do you, you're spending too much money, people. What do you think about Cordelia's clothes? What do you think about everybody's clothes in Buffy? Did your school have snakes at lunch? Yeah, was it co-ed? Did it have snakes at lunch? I was wrong about the co-ed thing, apparently. Everyone had freaking co-ed gym. My school was prude town. I had no idea men could even exercise. <laughs> you can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content. And for comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an EY. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. Or you can send us a good old-fashioned email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. If you like what you're hearing, do leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like we talked about. If you do, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast like we did before. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Have a good one. Happy Easter? Happy whatever it is. It will be Easter. Happy Easter. But if you don't celebrate Easter, have a terrible Easter. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Bye.